Hi everyone, welcome to Millennium Live. I'm very excited to do this interview today with someone we have had on in the past. Please welcome back Pat Calhoun from Expressive. He is the CEO and we are so thrilled to have him back. Hi oh, Pat. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Hi, great to, great to get to chat with you again. Yes, we are so excited. For anyone who might not have listened to the first podcast that you were on a few months ago, can you just tell us about Espressive and what your product and the core value proposition really is for your customers? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, And I think to do that, what would work best is to talk a little bit about my, my history, um, because that really will explain why I started the company. So prior to Espressive, I ran products at ServiceNow. I, I'm, I'm going to assume that the majority of the listeners have actually heard of ServiceNow. But the reason why I left ServiceNow and I created Espressive is I was hearing consistently from every CIO that I spoke to and CHRO that while ServiceNow was helping them digitize a lot of the back office processes, when it came to the employee experience, it was like 1995. People are still largely emailing, calling for help. Almost 100% of employee issues, issues or requests require human intervention, and it simply doesn't scale. At the same time, what we were also seeing, and this, this problem has actually persisted through, um, through the, uh, the pandemic, is that on average, the attrition rate in the in the help desk is 41%, according to Gartner. So if you think about 41% of your team are cycling on an annual basis, which means a lot of tribal knowledge is leaving the front door. As a leader, it's very challenging to deliver a great customer experience when you're constantly retraining your teams. And so as a result, what we wanted to do is just really start leveraging on automation to address a lot of the a lot of the consistent or repeated issues coming in or questions coming into the help desk. That's what we do. Great. Well, you know, you mentioned the pandemic and we're going to probably be talking about this for years to come. So I'm curious, how did the work from home mandates that started in March, 2020 really impact the help desk? Yeah, it's really interesting. What we've actually seen is as a result, and I believe as a result of the majority of the employees no longer being able to tap their neighbor's shoulders to ask them a question like, hey, how do I set up this cool background in your Zoom? How did you do that? Um, it's become a little bit harder to do that because you're not necessarily sitting among a group of people. And when you're in a Zoom meeting, you're doing it for, for the purposes of a meeting. So it's very uncommon for people to just start asking these technical questions. So what we've actually seen is an average increase of 35% of tickets across the industry. So if you think about the pandemic, 35% increase in tickets. One of the big challenges that we've also seen is that a lot of these employees who historically you know, would get immediate answers, now they're calling the help desk or perhaps waiting on email or maybe they're waiting on the phone. A lot of these people have a lot of distractions. Perhaps they're helping their kids with their Zoom classes or whatever it happens to be. And, you know, you can almost guarantee that the moment that somebody comes back on the line and pick up the line to help you is the moment that you had to walk away because you had to go help, you know, somebody in your one of your family members with some technical issue. And so we've actually heard that the immediacy delivered 
by a virtual agent has become so much more important through the pandemic because of all these distractions. But it's not just that, it's also the fact that the people who are experiencing these distractions are not just the employees needing help, it's also the help desk. So you have a series of people in your help desk, those people who used to be very, very productive now have to spend a portion of their time kind of dealing with other distractions. So the problem is kind of fed on itself. In t- on top of the 35% increase in tickets, which, which means that for most organizations, this has been a really big challenge. And I think it's one of the reasons why our business is, is just catapulted um, as a result of, of what we've actually seen through the pandemic. Right. So as these companies are shifting to collaboration tools, would you say that they're leveraging them to really help offload the questions from the help desk? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Over the past 18 months, we've seen a huge increase in Teams and Slack, the use of Teams and Slack. And in fact, we've seen it not only for employee to employee collaboration, but also as a way for people to find answers to their questions. So it's very common now for organizations to have an Ask IT channel or an Ask HR question a channel, what have you. The problem that we've actually seen with a lot of this is that as you're, shift, as you're creating these channels, and just from an IT perspective, for instance, you end up taking a lot of your staff that used to be answering the phones and so on to be essentially sitting in a, in a chat channel, waiting for questions to come in and answer the questions. And it actually has created um, a lot of challenges for organizations. First and foremost, you're answering a lot of questions. Those tickets are, those questions are not always finding themselves in tickets. And so we've talked to customers where now they're having a hard time really understanding their SLAs and their MTTRs because a lot of that data is no longer captured. But it also is very difficult when you also have phone calls coming in and you also have emails coming in. And so it's a lot of different channels. And so what we've actually seen is the importance of enabling Slack and Teams as an opportunity for people to raise their hand and ask questions, but ensuring that the help desk continues to work the way they've always worked in the system of record, which is essentially your ITSM ticketing tool. Right. So of course, the initial purpose of the virtual support agents really was to answer questions, but what do you think might be next? Well, I think the next is already happening. So when we started this company five years ago, I would say what most customers were telling us they were having problems with is is adoption of their knowledge. So they had content. In some cases, they had no content, but um, a lot of organizations had some form of content. The content was spread up all over the place. It was in ServiceNow or whatever ITSM tool you happen to be using, Confluence or what have you. Um, It's in SharePoint. It's in a variety of different sources, which makes it really hard for employees to just go find. So a lot of it was, how do we make sure that people can leverage the content that's been created? But what we've seen over the past 18 months is a huge shift away from answering questions with knowledge to automating work. In fact, if I look at the past probably, you know, half a dozen deployments we did, I would say that the focus on knowledge is now probably 30% and automation of tasks is now 70%. And what I mean by automation, a task, it could be anything from you know, help me provision software. You know, there's no humans that should be involved in provisioning software. That should just happen. Of course, there may be some approvals, et cetera. But other than that, it's fully, fully uh, automated. We're seeing customers ask us to automate work around, you know, 
HR submitting requests or um, even GitHub, you know, adding a, a repo to GitHub or Jira or whatever tool. We have a customer that just integrated us in integrated Barista, which is a virtual agent, with uh, Ariba to help with the creation and the management of purchase orders and purchase requests. So more and more, we're seeing that becoming the focus. It's still important to answer questions because if somebody asks a question like, how do I set up this wonderful um, Zoom background? That's something that still requires a human to get involved, but you can give them very simple instructions. But more and more what we're seeing as kind of the next step to help customers get to 60, 70, 80% deflection is through the automation of tasks. So as you're talking about all this, I'm really curious, can you share an example of a customer case study that really speaks the value of implementing a virtual agent for really employee self-help? I think I can actually do better than speak to a case study. I'm actually going to share a video with you if that's appropriate. Yeah. Um, this is Eric Johnson of SurveyMonkey. The company has been renamed to Momentive, and he's actually going to share his experience, why he decided to deploy a virtual agent, but probably... The, the most interesting part of this video is, what did he achieve in the first 30 days? Welcome everyone, really appreciate you taking some time to be with us today. You know, now that we're reaching the other side of the pandemic, we're definitely seeing that through this experience there's been a huge focus on the employee experience. And what we're seeing is that in a hybrid, in today's hybrid world, um, it has become really mandatory to really start focusing on delivering a better experience for employees as, they, as they're remote and then to make them very productive. Today, Eric and I are really going to start exploring why virtual support agents are required in this hybrid workplace. So, Eric, thanks for joining us today. I'm super, super um, thrilled to actually have some time to spend with you and get to uh, hear a little bit more about your journey. Um, in, the, in a recent Wall Street Journal article, you were quoted about the challenges resulting from the return to the office. And one of the things that the writer actually wrote is that, or asked you, excuse me, is he asked you how to create a sense of belonging and, and trust inside the organization. I found it really interesting that Atlassian um, was quoted as requiring that all employees dial into meetings from a separate computer, even when they're in the office, to actually make it make sure that it's a level playing field for all employees, especially those that are remote. I'm kind of curious, what are you doing at SurveyMonkey to, to, to create a sense of belonging and trust? Yeah. Well, Pat, first, uh, thank you so much uh, for having me. Um, I really appreciate the time. Um, you know, I, I think you mentioned it a little earlier in the, as you're setting up the conversation, which is, you know, pre-pandemic, you, you had the ability to to, especially around IT support, you have the ability to walk up to you know the the genius bar or walk up to the support team that was sitting in the office. You know what's starting to have happen now, and I think and this is going on in a, in a lot of companies and a lot of industries around the globe, was that this 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 world of working remote, either full time remote or even in a hybrid model, is going to become the new normal. And 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 in doing that the ability to wander up to uh, someone physically in the office and tap them on the shoulder, th that may be a lot harder to do. And so sort of creating the, the ability for folks to, to engage in, in kind of on a level playing field, as you talked about a little bit with Alassian, uh, what they're doing, you know, we're seeing that world in the same way, which is how can we create an environment for folks that, that are full remote, or even hybrid only coming into the office a few days a week, how can we continue to be able to provide the same level of service uh, as we did before? And, and I think 
you know, leveraging virtual agents is a big part of that. Being able to uh, have those conversations with the virtual agent um, is is an important part of, in doing that and sort of helping folks to feel like they're still getting the, the same level of high touch support that they were, uh, you know, pre-pandemic. So. I think this is a it's a it's a new space as we start to return to the office that a lot of us are still trying to figure out exactly how to do that. But I feel virtual agents play a role in that. Interesting. I am kind of curious uh, what's going to happen to those genius bars that a lot of organizations have put a fair amount of money into. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because like right before the pandemic, I was like, you know, on my team, like, we need a genius bar, we need a genius bar, we need a genius bar, because that was really the way that we sort of brought people together. But kind of looking back at it now, it's a bit old school, the mentality around like, let's set up a genius bar. I think they served a purpose, but I think that this pandemic has really shown us that there's a, we're gonna need to think differently. We're gonna have to do things differently when it talks about supporting, um, uh, I think a, a really different way of working now. Than, than, than we had even even 14 months ago. And so I think the genius bars of the world are probably gonna be, there's gonna be a lot of extra furniture, I suspect. <laughs> That's interesting. Cool. So, um, so, call, so calls, so one of the interesting data points that we've actually seen is that calls to the help desks have actually been, have increased by 35% since the pandemic has actually began. That's a huge number. Um, and as you mentioned, Eric, one of the big challenges that we're seeing is probably a result of people no longer being able to shoulder tap their, their neighbors, right? So I think yeah. I think it's just become very natural for people to go back to their old ways, either emailing, calling, whatever whatever channel is actually whatever channel they're you know, they're comfortable doing. Um, and this is where we're seeing the virtual support agents as really filling a real gap. I'm kind of yeah. curious though, um, the problem that you were trying to address. Was it primarily that employees are remote? Um, I mean, was that primarily the problem that you were trying to solve when you went down the path, when you decided to go down the path of the virtual support agent? Or was it that you're seeing that your employee base is now becoming more geographically dispersed? Yeah, and that's, it's, it, again, again I, I think what we were, we were finding is um, kind of both, right? Where, where we had folks that were obviously remote, um, but also uh, folks now starting to migrate to different different areas of both the United States, even different parts of the world. And all of a sudden we had this workforce that was uh, had traditionally been fairly contained into kind of these these areas that we had offices for the most part. Um, and, and obviously we could stage support physical support centers in those major offices to now a world where we have staff all around the United States, and in some cases all around the world, and trying to support that in the traditional way that we were doing it, it's just simply not gonna work anymore. And so how do we do that in a cost-effective way, but also how do you do that in a way that's going to, to scale and provide um, uh, that 24 by seven, 365, support that I think people now um, really, really are, are clamoring for. And, and so um, it, this virtual this virtual, virtual agent approach, we're finding to be a highly effective way to be able to deliver that, that support on a global scale where, where we simply were not able, and we weren't able, we, we weren't doing it before. And I think we would struggle to do it without, without technology like Espressive to be able to help us do that. 
Yeah, I guess I guess shipping the genius bar to different um, different people's homes um, across the globe would have been uh, <laughs> not, not, not gonna, Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. So, um, with employees working from home, it's only natural that our work lives are kind of blending into our personal lives. Um, I think a lot of us are are feeling that um, in some cases it's creating a lot of um, a lot of stress. I'm kind of cur- curious how that impacts you as a CIO. Yeah, you know, I, I think this this has been going on for some time. I don't think it's anything that's new. I think the pandemic accelerated this, which is the expectations of employees now is they they want they want almost a consumer experience in the enterprise. Uh, the days of 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 going to um, the IT support portal that's very that's kind of separate from 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 everything else, um, and and getting their answer hopefully in a matter of uh, a matter of hours. I think there's an expectation now. I think about the Alexis's of the world in the consumer space where you ask it a question, it gives you an answer, you know, and it and it does it it does it whenever you need it, and and so that's that's sort of the mentality, and I think it's the expectations and employee experience is becoming a bigger and bigger area of, uh, of focus for, I think, many CIOs, which is how do we ensure that the employees are highly productive around the clock, anywhere they're at, on any on any device they're on, so that they can be productive and successful and, and also um, feel like that it's, a, it's an organization that is helping them uh, set themselves up for success too, which is a big part of it. And so um, getting, those, getting those things answered in a timely manner and really improving the employee experience is something that um, I think a lot of CIOs, it's top of mind. It's top of mind for me. And now even more so with the pandemic, I think people's expectations have only accelerated in this space. And so, again, you know, being able to, to do that in a way that scales is so, so important. Um, and I think virtual agents, again, play a really big, uh, really big role in that. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, Kind of curious, um, one of the things that we've actually seen as a result of the pandemic is wide adoption of some of these new collaboration tools. I'm curious whether it causes issues to deploy a virtual support agent for employee self-help side-by-side with these collaboration tools like Slack or Teams, where the employees are also likely to go to when they're looking for help. Yeah, you know, th- th- this has been an ongoing challenge for as long as I've been a CIO, and I've been a CIO, I don't know, four, four or five times I've lost count, which probably shows my age. Um, but it, it it has always been a challenge where you have these very siloed pieces of technology, and people are having to sort of jump from technology to technology to actually get their job done. And it kind of this gets back to some of the things we've been building on, but that employee experience, you sort of translate that into the collaboration tools very specifically. And people's expectations are, I want to be able to do the job I need to do in as, as, as few clicks as possible in the solutions that I spend most of my day in. And in many organizations, the, the technologies that they're using uh, day in and day out to sort of co- uh, communicate and 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 work from is things like Slack, 
things like Teams. And these are the technologies that are now starting to become kind of the, the daily communication and the daily uh, collaboration tools that people are using. So being able to integrate into those solutions is becoming more and more important so that people have that kind of single place to work from. And so I, I think and the, the days of going doesn't mean it's dead, but I, I think in many cases it's going to become uh, less and less desirable to go to that IT portal to get your answer or go into an email and then have to log a ticket. All that stuff is still happening, but I think over time it's going to become this much more integrated experience where people are in Slack and they can simply, you know, slash barista or whatever and go right in and ask the question and the bot comes back up with a response and actually takes care of it. And so I, I do think that's the future and that's something that we're also seeing as a huge um, a part of our adoption program that people, it's easy for people to use. Easier it is to use, the better the employee experience, I think the higher value you drive from it. And so that, that virtual agent integration is so, so important, I think now um, as, you, as you're starting to drive forward in these, in these sort of new technologies. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, we've been talking a lot about how virtual support agents are helping improve the overall employee experience in a hybrid world. Um, but I'm kind of curious, was, was that the primary driver why SurveyMonkey ended up implementing Barista, which is a virtual support agent? Um, or was it cost savings? Or did you achieve some cost savings? I'm kind of curious. What, what, were, what were the primary drivers and what, and what, what, have, you, what, what have been the results? Yeah, you know, I think the first driver was really around being able to in, in, in our employee experience. That was the number one driver for me was how do we ensure that we can start to support this ever expanding, we talked about earlier, geographic sort of spread and migration that we were having across the, or across the globe uh, from, our, from our employee base. So that was kind of for, for the first piece of that. Uh, uh, second was how do we actually start to drive some, some, some scale? Uh, and making sure that we can keep pace with the the volume, and like you said earlier in the in the in the in the presentation, we talked about the call volumes and the ticket volumes just exploded. And so, how could we keep pace with that from a in, in a cost effective way? So that came into it too. But I think then the third is how do we start to drive more automation and efficiencies holistically within the organization? So when you start thinking about things like um, expanding beyond IT. So, so IT has a, has, a, has, a, has a support sort of service, but you, you also have other departments like legal, uh, like HR, and, and you know, there's an opportunity to start to expand in those. But I think, I think this starts to play into you know, a technology that's starting to show up more and more in the mainstream, in, in mainstream um, uh, solutions is around RPA robotic process automation and how can you how can you leverage that coupled with something like a virtual agent to be able to start to integrate and have business processes where and and, and a, an employee goes to 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 barista and says I think I need a new laptop or something's wrong with my laptop it's automating that entire process and talking and, and, and connecting into an RPA solution that's saying, I'm actually ordering the laptop for you. I actually am grabbing data from Workday or wherever your employee uh, system is. I have your address and I'm shipping it directly to your house. And, and through that process back to the individual in a, in, like in near real time says, we've ordered your laptop. We've determined your laptop is, is up for a refresh. Here's your shipping information. Can you imagine the efficiencies gained 
for an individual to be able to engage with a, with a piece of technology and never talk to a human and have that entire workflow and that entire process automated, employee experience goes up dramatically. Um, our ability to scale effectively goes up and just our uh, ability to take resources and actually deploy resources into other high valued uh, uh, areas. It's just, it's, it's a win, win, win all around. So I think, I think as we start to look into the future, I think there's going to be a lot of really amazing things we can do with the virtual agents tying into technologies like RPA to really drive a lot of business automation and efficiency. So I'm really excited about the future. Yeah, that's great. I, I was talking to um, a, a, a customer yesterday about this particular topic where the team had built out all of this great automation. The problem is nobody can find them. <laughs> nobody could find how to launch the automation. And that's where you know a bell went off in their head around tying the human language to the automation, where people don't have to, they don't need a decoder ring anymore. They can, they, they can just use their natural words and it just, magic just happens. So yeah, the opportunity and, and I, there is Yeah, and, and like you say, with, with you know, Barista being sort of that front door to sort of engage with employees at the beginning and being able to, de depending on sort of the questions being asked and the, and the response, and the and the and the the way to resolve it, it could be triggering integration with an RPA. It could have the solution right there. It can automate the fix. And this is something we're really starting to push the envelope on: is how can we, you know, what are those top ten problems we have, uh, you know, every week? How can we start to drive automation with those where the ticket gets created and solved and back to the uh, the individual, all in sort of a near real time process, like. Being able to do that just continues to drive more efficiencies and a, a, an amazing customer experience or an employee experience. And that, you know, that's ultimately the goal there. If you can make employees uh, highly productive, uh, highly engaged, I think it helps you in so many areas you know, around retention, around productivity. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of really, um, really exciting things that are coming around the automation front, not only in, in the in, in, in what is exactly going on in, in the virtual assistant world, but also how virtual assistants can integrate and play uh, hand in hand with RPA technology. So uh, exciting things to awesome. come. Awesome. So hopefully that was informative to everyone. I think Eric is just a phenomenal leader and I really appreciate the insights that he's provided. Um, kind of curious, Katie, what did you think? I really thought that was a great conversation. When I first asked you to share a story, I thought you were just going to give me a little tidbit. And I'm so happy you shared that with not just me, but everyone who's listening and watching. So thank you. You know, awesome. I just have a few follow-up questions before I do let you go. So just hold tight with me for a few minutes. But sure I'm really curious, you know, how does a CIO deal with the question of whether automation is going to remove jobs or is it not? The reality is, Every, there, a lot of people are worried, and when they're worried, it's because they really don't understand what is coming. So my recommendations when I'm talking to some of our customers and some of our prospects is to get ahead of the problem. Be very transparent on why you're building this automation. What does this mean to people in the future? If I take a look at Dexcom as an example, one of our customers, you know, they were two and a half years ago when we started engaging with them. They were growing 30% quarter over quarter. They, um, so literally adding hundreds of people a month. They had a team that was overworked, overstressed, being told to do more with less, close tickets faster, et cetera. And they decided, and they 
they were in the process of hiring an additional 20 people for that for the help desk. They decided to deploy our platform. And, you know, of course, initially, people started worrying about, well, what does this mean to me, right? Is my job going to go away because automation's coming in? And so what do I do? Well, fast forward to today, you know, that team who historically has been focused on helping people with password resets, et cetera, have really been transformed to becoming automation experts using our platform. So their job on a weekly basis is to take a look at the calls that are coming in that are not being automated and identify ways to further automate. And they have, and because they're seeing such high deflection rates, I think they're at 67%. So 67% of all employee issues are resolved with no human touch. Because they have extra capacity, they're also reaching into tier two, reaching into tier three to find additional opportunities to automate, which is what, what and what that means is you've now taken a team who's really up-level their skill set, have something really exciting to write on their LinkedIn and talk about in their, you know, in terms of what they've been able to achieve as individuals, but they're actually helping the organization by creating a much more efficient IT stack. So from that to me is what's exciting about what it is that we do. And all it really requires is a clear conversation with everyone on what are we trying to achieve? Absolutely. You know, we heard in the conversation with Eric that Momentum's early results are extremely impressive. You heard it. Everyone who's listening in heard it. So I am curious. So what are customers experiencing that have deployed for over a year or at least a year? Could you share that with us? Yeah, our goal is to really address what is commonly known as a first call resolution. According to Gartner, that's somewhere between 60 and 80%. The majority of our customers are 60, 65%. And I feel like there's a lot of upside. Now, looking at some of the older customers, they're, you know, they're seeing phenomenal. Use Garden Health as an example. They're almost at 70%, right? Their goal is to get to 80%. Dexcom, they, their goal is to get to 80%. And so whatever is really known as a, or, considered a first call resolution rate is absolutely doable. And then when you add on top of that, all of the automation possibilities, that's where you get to 80, you know, 80 plus percent. There's always going to be a class of things that require human intervention, for sure. You can't just, you can't automate everything, but there's a lot that you can automate. So speaking of that, I really just have one more question for you and then I'll let you go. But, you know, how do virtual agents really intersect with RPA and are the virtual agents embracing automation or are they just answering these questions? We're being integrated with with different types of tools that are designed to do much more complex automations. I'll give you an example. One of our customers integrated us with some desktop management software. So if an employee said, hey, my laptop is slow, historically that would have required probably on-site support or maybe a remote session and, you know, into the desktop. What we're now doing is we're engaging these, these backend process automation tools that can actually reach into the device, do some analysis of what's happening on the desktop, tell the user through, through the, through the conversation with a virtual agent, what is happening and let them know that we're fixing stuff. So those types of automation tools out there that we're integrating with are super exciting because now we can literally automate anything. Now, RPA is also being used for a different class of problems, you know, whether it's, I don't know, automating some business process or what have you. The big challenge that we've actually seen is that it's sometimes very difficult for employees to know how to access a lot of these RPA tools. How do I launch something? And so being able to connect the human language to RPA tools and RPA 
process automations really helps increase the overall adoption as well. Right. Well, this is truly amazing. And again, I know I said this in the beginning, I, it's such a pleasure to have you on here again, but really just hearing everything that has gone on in the past 18 months, it's really exciting and really wonderful for everyone involved. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing your conversation with Eric and thank you everyone for tuning in. Great. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to Millennium Live to listen and learn on life and leadership. 